Never miss a single podcast by signing up for our newsletter at myfeminineheart.com. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of My Feminine Heart. I have the beautiful and talented Karen Kendra Holmes. Uh, I would say in the house, but we're actually Zoom conferencing. She's from her home office. Good morning. Good morning, Cassandra. And how are you doing today? I'm good. Thank you so much for coming on the show and working with me as we're troubleshooting how to do this telekinetically. <laughs> well, thanks for having me on the show. It's an honor for me to be here with you today. Um, you do so much for the community, and I just want to say thank you. Oh, I could feel like and express the same thing. I think that the work that you're doing is amazing. And so Karen is here to share um, you know, the story of her transition. Um, and typically when I interview someone, we start from a pretty young age, uh, but I feel like we could fill two hours with just what has kept you busy. And like, you know, after you've lived a whole half century, like in the, in the next part of your life, like you are doing so much um, in your personal work and in your volunteer life. It's amazing. Yeah, it, it has been a, a challenge as far as doing so much, but I enjoy it. It's like, you know, um, you know, giving back to the community, uh, and not only to our transgender community, but the community in a whole, you know, doing everything that I do do. And I enjoy it. I wouldn't change a thing for a million years. Uh, now, Karen, you're a Maryland native, right? You're from Montgomery County. Correct. Um, been here, uh, since I was at the age of 11, and then I moved out uh, around 18, uh, later on got married, uh, returned back to a house here at where my mother has raised us. Um, I'm back here with her and, you know, help make sure that she's doing okay. Um, got married a second time, and um, that lasted for like about 19 years before everything was all final and done with and then uh, came back here. So I've been kind of all over in the state of Maryland, uh, just mostly in Montgomery County, Prince George's County, Maryland, and then back to Montgomery County. Well, and I know a lot of the work and a lot of the volunteering you do is kind of bounces in that area of like the Baltimore <laughs> DC area. Um, but I love that you still have the opportunity to come up here because we met at Keystone. So yeah. I know you as, you know, driving up through the Harrisburg area. Um, but your, you know, your work down in, in D.C. Now that, um, that isn't actually where you were inspired to transition. It was actually up here, wasn't it, in Philly? Yeah, it was at the uh, Philadelphia Trans Health Conference back then. Uh, now it's with, uh, called the Philadelphia Trans Wellness Conference. And this was back in June of 2010. And when I left that conference, um, I was just totally gun-ho and fired up, driving back to Maryland, saying, I've got to do something. I'm going to actually try to go ahead and transfer, uh, transition um, from what I saw and involved in at the Philadelphia Trans Health Conference. So it was, a, it was really exciting um, when I was going up there just to think I was just going to go up there and party, you know, have a good time and go into the workshops and stuff like that uh, with other people talking. It's like, wow, this is who I really am. And so um, just to see the kids down there um, that were having such a good time, they were five and six and seven years old, 
um, and their parents were supporting them and having a really good time with their kids. And I'm like, oh, this is too much. I just got to do something now. So I did. <laughs> <laughs> Karen, and how old were you when you went to your first trans conference? Uh, I was 53 because I went to another one that was in, um, in Alexandria, Virginia. That was my first one there. Um, that's, it was really exciting, but I left that conference there, which really wasn't a conference. It was like a, a gala that day, but, um, left there. But Philadelphia Trans Health Conference was the, uh, first conference that I've ever been to. Um, I probably would have transferred a lot sooner if I gotten the kind of resource information I did um, in Philly. I, you know, I'm such a fan of conferences. I mean, that's why we've created My Feminine Heart to kind of be like a conference on demand because we want to inspire people to get out and get to a conference. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, it's the seminars and the workshops that seem to be so life-changing. So before you went to the Trans Wellness Conference in Philly, you had you hadn't really thought of yourself as a transgender woman though right like you yeah. thought of yourself as more like like a, a cross-dresser just somebody yeah. part-time having a good time <laughs> that was pretty much it and and in the process and that started at the age of 13 um and just going and getting dressed whenever i had an opportunity um doing it in secret. I had great hiding places for my clothes. <laughs> they were really, really good hiding places. And nobody ever found my clothes um, since the age of 13 until I decided to bring it all out. Um, and that was it. Wow. So um, while you were transitioned, you've been working for the federal government. You're almost going to retire, right? Yeah, another year and a half, I'll be ready to say goodbye and uh, really put the efforts toward going around speaking. And um, hopefully, um, which is another venture we can talk about later, or if you want me to bring it up now, uh, working with the Department of Justice with the Community Relations Services, um, going around the country and helping and, and talking to other law enforcement agencies to try to bridge that gap between the transgender community and the law enforcement. So, because there's such a, a hatred toward law enforcement uh, by the transgender community, uh, for whatever reasons, um, the way they've been mistreated, you know, when they've been stopped and stuff like that. And um, we just ne need to get that understanding between the two groups. And I think, uh, I know for me, uh, when I've gone around and, and spoke to uh, academy classes and uh, even Baltimore hostage negotiation team, Montgomery County Police, Prince George's County Police, there's this understanding and wow in it because um, I was actually teamed up first with uh, a Prince George's County uh, major who is now retired and she was doing the transgender 101 and I would come back behind her and do the personal story from me. And uh, in that first class that we taught um, at Prince George's County Police Academy, um, after I spoke, I went back to my seat, sat down, which was near the door. And when the instructor dismissed the class, um, they're coming down, you know, the aisle towards me. And I'm thinking they'll just shake my hand. They were giving me hugs. I'm like, wow, this is, it just blew me away for the rest of the day that, you know, my talk, affected them so good that 
they were giving me hugs rather than just shaking my hand. And each and every one of them did that. And even that night, I got an email from one of the uh, students as well saying that she really enjoyed the class. And it was just heartening. And um, of course, uh, last this year, yeah, last year, <laughs> I'm mixing up all my different events. Um, I got actually invited by the instructor to come to their uh, graduation. So that was pretty cool. That's amazing. And I love the work that you're doing, trying to bridge the gap between the police and the trans community. And I know you have a special coalition that mm -hmm. you're working on right now. Yeah, it's uh, the uh, Prince George's County Trans Coalition. And what we want to do, uh, actually two girls were murdered last year in, in Prince George's County in the Fairmont Heights area. And with that um, two murders, I got a phone call from the major from the third district police station. And we talked for a good hour and a half. And I was just, you know, really blown away. And she asked me about um, if I would like to help them get the girls off the street. Um, it's right on the borderline of Maryland and DC. And she didn't want to arrest the girls. What she, they were doing at first was pushing the girls over to DC side of the street. DC would come by, push the girls back over to Maryland. And this went on for a while. And she said she didn't want to arrest the girls because if she did that, they would just come back out on the street after they got out of jail. And that didn't solve the problem. So what we're doing, um, I got together a coalition and we're basically coming up with ideas to be able to help the girls get off the street. And um, when I am riding with the police um, in the cruiser, of course, um, whenever we see any of the girls, we'll stop and I'll get out of the cruiser. Um, right now, with a couple of officers, um, at first they were getting out of the car with me, but standing you know, off to the back of the cruiser while I went over. And uh, then later during the tour, they just stayed in the car because we felt like that was uh, kind of pushing the girls away a little bit. But, you know, they still stayed there and talked to me. And in talking with them, all of them had the same thing as what I was coming up to do, to help them get off the streets. And what they were telling me was going to do it is <clears throat> a job and also a place to live. And so, um, that's been our main goal with the coalition to see what we can do to get them off, get them on some kind of programs. And then what I want to do is help them with resumes and also um, sit across the table from each other and talk to them about, you know, doing a, a res uh, interview and interview them on a one-on-one. -on -one. And that I want to do really bad. The other goal that I want to do with that group is we make so many donations toward um, Salvation Army, Goodwill. And what I want to do is maybe come up with some kind of flyers that I can give to the girls out on the street. And then they can then go to the Goodwill stores or uh, Salvation Army, give them that flyer that they're a part of our group and let them donate clothes back to uh, the girls. And so that's what I really want to do too as well. Um, no, I, I love that. Um, I can tell you that, you know, a lot of us at My Feminine Heart, I haven't even shared with any of them yet about your coalition. I know they're going to jump in with me and saying that we would love to come be a part of this. Like I can do headshots for the girls, um, you know, to help, you know, when they get a, a makeover, we can help them with makeup, their interview clothes, their interview skills. 
Um, we have a, a business and employment expert now, Angela Stever, who's just phenomenal with resumes and interviews and, and preparing. She's actually helped um, take trans girls who um, have been very rough around the edges, haven't known how to dress for interviews or how to present themselves, haven't known how to do a resume, and mm -hmm. successfully place them in work environments that actually even weren't originally um, experienced in employing people who were transgender. And then it became a very successful um, endeavor. And she's done that more than once. And I, I, I know that she would be really passionate about this project. Well, that's great because I would love to work with, you know, I can't do it by myself. And there's experts out there, like those people that you're talking about, even yourself, <laughs> um, that can, you know, add to the the value of what we're trying to do. Um, the girls, they want to get off the street. I've had like one girl who I talked to, she knew Excel and Word. And I'm like, she knows all this and she's out here on the street i'm saying to myself so i'm thinking what happened was after she transitioned she lost her job um just about maybe three weeks ago i got a phone call while i was on metro coming home and one of the girls called me up this is the kind of relationship i want to build with these girls and she called up from the hospital um at howard university hospital and she told me that she was raped the night before so, um, I was on Metro train and I couldn't hear a lot what she was saying. I couldn't even hear her name. So she said she was going to call me back, um, 45 minutes later and she never did. And there's no way I could have called her cause I didn't have any of her information. And plus she called from the hospital. So, um, hopefully when this coronavirus mess is all settled down, um, I'll get back out on the street with the uh, officers that are part of this special group, as well as um, we'll get our coalition going um, and stuff. And when we do, we're definitely going to call you all to the table. Karen, I'm so sorry to hear what happened to her. And I, I know that that can be a really common story for the girls that are working in the street. Um, how amazing that you've already developed that relationship where she felt she could reach out when so many people keep that bottled up inside. Um, you know, I, I definitely feel a call to help you with this. Um, I, I would like to tell anybody who's watching this, you have a phenomenal website filled with everything that you do with your contact information. If somebody else is feeling the call to help you with your coalition, because like you said, you can't do it alone. Is right. your website a good resource for them to contact you? Absolutely. They can <clears throat> um, go to kkhomes.com. Karen, thank you. And I know that um, this coalition is a new pro, like a semi-new project. Um, stalled, definitely stalled out with the coronavirus. But what you have been a part of, um, I'd love to share just the laundry list because I feel like one of the tools for success that we always recommend here on the show is get out and get involved. Um, mm -hmm. Get out in your community, but not just even in the transgender community get out, um, you know, out in the world with everybody else. You know, we just celebrated this week, the Transgender Day of Visibility and getting out and joining outside groups and spreading awareness of transgender people are amazing people and we're, you know, here to help and can be assets to organizations. It's a phenomenal way to get yourself out of any um, sadness that you may be feeling in the spirit of helping others. So if you wouldn't mind sharing just like your laundry list, it, it's <laughs> phenomenal. Well, what I'll do is um, 
I'm going to talk about some of the things I started off with at first. And then my, my whole vision of everything just totally changed. Um, so starting off, um, of course, I worked for um, the federal government. I've been in with the federal government for 18 and a half years. So soon I'll be able to retire. <laughs> um, from there, um, I also do uh, service work with the United States Veterans Reserve Corps. Um, been there for now three years. We have also, I used to be with uh, Maryland Defense Force and I was there for about five years. So I was, was there, left there, and then later uh, joined the United States Veterans Reserve Corps. Um, I also do Red Cross for the National Capital Region area. I'm a res disaster responder. I also do uh, shelter work as well, but I'm also a shelter manager. Um, IRV driver, which is an emergency response vehicle. That's a big giant uh, vehicle, it looks like an ambulance, and we feed people out of there. Um, also a shelter trailer uh, driver. So if we need cots, blankets, all that good stuff um, at the shelter, I can hook up a trailer and pull it to the scene and stuff like that. Also, I do volunteer work. I sit on actually sit on the board for RSVP, which is Retired Seniors Volunteer Program. And I've been doing that oh, since 2008. So, and how that all happened to get involved with that. Uh, one, my age, <laughs> and two, um, I wanted to be a, it to be a part of the group I used to be with, which was Park Police Volunteer Association in Prince George's County. And that's, since I was the president for that um, organization, uh, five out of the seven years I was with that group, almost the president, four years consecutive there. And then I'm also switching now gears because I kept saying to myself, you know, I'm doing all these things like with Red Cross and, you know, all the other groups. I said, I need to start doing things with our community. Um, so I am now the uh, president for the chapter for the Trans Veterans Support Group. Uh, TVSG is what we go by, but yeah, for the state of Maryland, I'm the president for that group. I also sit on the board now for that group as well, which happened about maybe a month ago. <laughs> so it just keeps coming down on me. Um, at my church, they want me to be a part of the council, um, overseeing the security for the church. Um, there's probably more out there, but I right now my mind just <laughs> no. And that's I mean that's phenomenal. Now, obviously, some of the groups that you're in, like the the trans veteran support group, is something newer that you've joined since transitioning. But like you know, you've been involved with your church. I know that you know you've been involved with some of the other groups before transition. How mm -hmm. did that work for you transitioning in your volunteer <laughs> groups and and work? Well, back then. Um, before I transitioned, and actually it was like about maybe three weeks before I actually transitioned full time, I talked to each and every one of my volunteer groups, which was the Red Cross uh, CERT, uh, which is Community Emergency Response Team, as well as um, RSVP. And when I told them I had something to tell them, they gave me this funny look like, well, what are you gonna tell me? And I told them that I was transgender and I was gonna be transitioning full time. October 1st of 2010. And so each and every one of them gave me that funny look like, you know, like, 
that's okay. I don't want to lose you as part of our organization. And I'm like, wow. And each and every one of them said the same thing. Like they didn't want to leave me to leave the organization. <clears throat> and I felt like that was something that was what they saw, the value of what I was bringing to the organization. And that's why they wanted me to still be a part of the, the group. Yeah, I can tell you, I, and I think I've shared with you before, um, you know, as somebody who, who employs people and as somebody who is a volunteer and on a lot of boards themselves, like it's, it's hard when you are running a show, whether it's for work or for volunteer, there always seems to be several people who say that they're involved, but very few active members. So, mm -hmm. so much of the work that happens for especially a volunteer organization happens by a few committee members. And when you have phenomenal people on your team, you will do anything you can to keep them with you. Yeah, it, it does make a big difference then. And I just hope that the, the things that I bring to the organizations are just gonna inspire people, which I've heard when I start telling people what I do, they just like, wow, you make me feel like I'm not doing anything. <laughs> and I don't wanna do that. I'm just telling them this is my life. But it's so funny because one time I went to uh, Joplin, Missouri and I was on the plane, my second leg of the plane, and I'm sitting beside this one lady. And we were start, we were talking, and um, um, I told her why I was going to Joplin to help the tornado victims. And I told her that I, you know, I work for the federal government, and our agency had a certain group uh, called the Cadre. And whenever we sent out volunteers, um, I would go out, or one of our group team leaders would go out, and we would connect with FEMA and we would coordinate things between FEMA and also the volunteers. So <clears throat> I don't know what inspired me to tell her, but I told the lady, I said, um, after I told her my laundry list of volunteer stuff and what I do, she said, wow, you're my new best friend. And I'm like, well, that's good, <laughs> but you know, why do I need to go through all of that to be your new best friend, you know? But I, you know, I guess she felt like, I'm a good person. And that's what I really want to do when I talk to groups, when I go out and vol um, <clears throat> do conferences or events, is to encourage and tell the trans community, if you're seriously thinking about transitioning, build yourself up a platform. So that way, when you tell people that you're transgender, <clears throat> they won't care. They're just not going to worry about it because they see what you, who you are. And if they want you to be a part of their group or they want you to be their friend, um, we're not what you see on Jerry Springer's show. You know, we've got um, police officers, firefighters, military, politicians, lawyers, um, doctors. You know, it, the list goes on. Um, and there's no reason why people think, you know, when they see Jerry Springer's show that all transgender people are low life people, really. Yeah, um, you know, the transgender community is so isolated and can feel so isolated. And when anybody gets rejected, it, it can take away your sense of self. Like, what is my worth? And that's why I'm such a fan of volunteering. You know, if you do not have a strong family or circle, 
this is an instant way to get one, to open yourself up to people and fill your life with love and hugs and support. Um, but it's also a way for you to say, I mean, Karen, no one's going to look at you and say, you know, you're trans, you have no value. You have mountains of value in you and everybody does but that's something that somebody verbally can't take away and I love that you have you're you're right you have a platform you have built yourself up enough to say I know I am worthy I know I am here for a reason whether I'm trans or not nobody can take that away from me right I I I, I also look at things like because I do so much volunteering and I tell people this all the time uh, when they say, how come you keep doing so much? You know, how do you have time for yourself? And to me, volunteering just brings out the best of me as well as I'm helping somebody else who can't do for themselves. Um, and I tell people, you know, I've been infected by a virus and this virus is called volunteer. And um, hopefully when I do my, TED Talk uh, in Lancaster, Pennsylvania that I applied for. I'm on the last leg to see if I get accepted. Um, my talk is gonna be making a difference is my mission. And I wanna be able to, to infect other people that hear my talk um, and even people watching this, um, that I'm infecting them with the virus that's running through my body called volunteer. Well, and I see, you know, you're wearing your TEDx Asbury Park shirt. So you, I know you've already spoken at one TEDx and, and yeah. good luck. We're Thanks. praying for you that you get into this, this next one too in Lancaster. Have you always been a public speaker? I mean, is, are, were you like a communications major? No, I, it just uh, happened at the trans Philadelphia trans health conference. Um, there was a lady there who saw me at that conference and uh, it was the following year because I've been trying to go to that conference every year because that's where it all started for me at. And the second year I was there, she said, you should be doing public speaking and tell your story. And that was in 2011. And I was like, eh, I, I don't have enough, I felt like, under me to be able to go out and talk. Um, and then in, in 2012 was my first talk, which was uh, November 17th of 2012 <laughs> and that was at the uh transgender day of remembrance um at one of the churches that i was attending at the time so um ever since then um i've just been constantly going 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 speaking sometimes which would have been uh last month i would have had like five speaking engagements that month but because of the coronavirus, I only got to do one at the beginning of the month, and then the rest were postponed till later. So, yeah. And, you know, and I know you're on the radio too. How did that happen? Um, actually, I was um, asked by a, a host to come on and be a guest on Inside Out radio show, uh, which is under WPFW 89.3 FM. And, um, being a host on the show of, I mean, a guest on the show, eventually I did two of them. And then eventually I, I was asked if I wanted to host a show. And I said, sure. Um, I was kind of nervous because, and I had uh, actually the host that had me on the show the first time, she was actually sitting in the uh, room just as a support group for me. And it really went well. And I've been having some really good um, guests on the show. Um, 
talking with us and stuff like that. And, and also, um, I got a really good one coming up for those that are watching that know these two fine ladies, Sandy Epinata and also Karen Lehman. Um, and this is going to be on July 7th. The show runs, Inside Out runs from 2 p.m. to 3 p.m. on 89.3. Or you can go to the website, pull up WPFW89FM. And there you can actually... Um, listen to the show live over the radio set, uh, website. So it's really good. Uh, the talk will be with these two ladies who were married to spouses that are transgender. Of course, those that know Sandy Epinata, her spouse, uh, Lisa Epinata, had committed suicide. So she will, you know, but she's still going to be on the show because she really, really supported Lisa in who she was. And then Karen, of course, is still married. Um, with Jennifer Lehman, and they have a beautiful family. The kids are very supportive of both of them, and uh, they're really a great couple too. I cannot wait for that show to come out. And you said that's going to be in July. Yeah, July seventh. Um, we hopefully uh, with the coronavirus, hopefully it'll be gone by then, because um, Sandy's definitely going to come on the show in the studio, and Karen probably will come if like i said if, if it's open or we'll just have her on the uh, phone so we're not really sure how that's going to work but uh either way it's going to be a great show and i can't wait i'm so excited even my mom like she's like calling all her friends you know and, and telling them to listen up for the show and so she's been really supportive about me is not only been supportive of me but very proud of me too and then i also now i also uh working on my 10th article I write for Baltimore Out Loud newspaper and I have my own column it's called Trans Lives and um, I'm just telling my story um, each time I tell my story I also try to associate a picture with that uh, so that way you can relate with the photo that I do put with the article how did you get a job as a newspaper columnist <laughs> well I was up at the uh, uh, pride event up in frederick maryland and i just happened to be walking by and i came upon their booth but what attracted me to their booth was they had a uh, a saddle on them just a stand you know so i was like yeah let me uh try this out and get a picture you know selfie of me sitting on this saddle because i love horses anyway and the guy that was sitting at the booth goes i've not, i've seen you before and i'm like uh, you have? And he says, yeah, you did a, a article uh, response uh, on our newspaper. And I'm like, I've never done a response on Baltimore Out Loud newspaper. And he, so he starts going through his phone and he pulls up my picture underneath the article. It's like a couple of lines that I said. And I think what happened was they pulled it from another event that I might have spoken at or something. So I was like, wow. <laughs> so he introduced me to the editor telling, you know, her that I was in the paper and everything. And so she just basically said, um, if you guys have any stories that you'd like us to print, you know, send it in to us and, you know, we'll print it. Well, she liked my story so much. She went, how would you like to have your own column? And I'm like, really? <laughs> and so I was like, really, really nervous about that um, to, to have my own column. And so she said, think of a uh, title for the column and let's go for it so I said okay and it was too funny because she goes 
I go, how often do you need um, an article? And she's like, every two weeks, which matter of fact, today I got to finish up on it. <laughs> <laughs> and so I said, every two weeks. <laughs> so, um, so far it's been going really, really good. Um, it's been powerful. Um, I have no way of gauging, um, but I think the newspaper might have a way of gauging uh, how the article, uh, the column's doing, but it must be going good because I'm, like I said, I'm working on my 10th one uh, right now. So, And you have links to your old articles on your website, right? Yeah, if you go to, actually, if you go to my website, I've got the column there, and I think I don't have the links, but I'll definitely make sure. But if you go to Baltimore Out Loud newspaper um, and just Google my name and or search for my name, it'll come up with the articles and stuff. And so, like, if you see one article down at the bottom of the article when it's, you finish reading, it will also have my other previous articles as well, and you can click on those and see the stories from that. That's phenomenal. And like I said, you know, we're, we're kind of starting your transition journey really at 53. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, I know that you have shared the story of your transition from an early age on. Um, so if you want to know about the first kind of 53 years of Karen's life, you can check it out at kkhomes.com. I mean, it's, it's, I love, I love your site. I think it's just a phenomenal mm -hmm. resource. Yeah, it's really nice. I had a, a wonderful, wonderful uh, programmer. Her name is Wanda and um, Hannah. And she used to work with me at the agency and she actually did my um, first website. I also do a side job as well. Um, I'm a certified instructor for CPR first aid and AED. So I teach that also right now. I forgot about that. <laughs> and um, <clears throat> Wanda did a great job. And then I approached her about doing the uh, website for me for uh, KK Holmes and um, she said sure she would jump at it and we have connected so well and all of uh, <clears throat> the website for KK Holmes was done over the phone or we talked you know by email and Wanda connected with me so well I mean it was like a, a total putting um, bacon and eggs together <laughs> um, I would say I would call Wanda up and I go Wanda what do you think about adding this to the website? And she goes, don't worry, I already started working on it. I'm like, wow, you know, and she's a cisgender woman and uh, she's just been very, very good. I, I couldn't have asked for not only a, a great friend, but a, a great programmer too. She's awesome. Um, That's phenomenal. Um, and what an amazing partner. And thank you so much. So fans, when you when you go on Kendra's site, you'll actually see a little banner for My Feminine Heart too. And she has advertising opportunities and, um, you know, to help kind of bring awareness to other um, trans-friendly companies and organizations. Just, you got the whole world covered, babe. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I love the reference page section. So if anybody's got anything that's connected with the LGBT community um, and want to support the trans community or, or the LGBT community, uh, just go to the website, click on uh, contact and just say what you want to do. And uh, we'll put it up if it's really, really relevant. And that's going to pass the purpose of being on the website because we're not taking any kind of, you know, nasty stuff or any kind of porn or it, it's 
totally legit. Um, it's, we have boundaries and the boundaries are, I want to make sure that this website stays pure. It is helping the communities out there and um, just powerful. And by the way, if you really, really want to hear my stories and stuff, just go to see my TEDx. Um, the, the title of that one is 40 Years of Wandering No More. Because it took me 40 years to figure this crap out, you know, from the age of 13 to 53. And um, it's been an awesome life. I love it. That's amazing. And, you know, so one of the things I always love to ask on the show, Karen, if you had any advice to pass on that you wish somebody had shared with you, what would it be? Um, like I said earlier, is to build yourself a platform. So when you tell people that who you are, um, you don't have to you don't have to go out with a T on your shirt, nothing like that. But in in your talk, talk about what you do, draw people in because I think if 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 President Trump wanted to, to know about the military and trans people in the military, there's great stories out there of other trans pe military people who are doing great things out there for the military. We put our training and trust into them um, and they should not try to kick us out. I mean, in 2012 by the Maryland Defense Force and the Maryland State Guard Association, um, I got NCO Soldier of the Year. NCO is non-commissioned officer. And in 2013, by the State Guard Association of the United States, I got Soldier of the Year of the country out of 24 states and 23,000 soldiers. And we were, well, I used to be, but the State Guards are, are under Title 32 of the militia. So they're under the control of the president or the governor of their state. And thank you so much for all of your service. I mean, it's absolutely phenomenal. Um, so, you know, you're, you're 63 now. Mm -hmm. <laughs> what does the next, what does the next, you know, year, five years, 10 years hold for you? Um, well, I'm going to go off of another, well, it's not, it's a little bit less than a year and a half. Uh, when I retire, I really want to get out there and do a lot more public speaking. Um, being now with the uh, Department of Justice Community Relations Services, um, that's gonna probably take up a good portion of my time when I retire um, because I will be you know, traveling around the country <coughs> speaking to other law enforcement agencies. So that's gonna be a, a big plus, and of course, speaking engagements. And then I'm gonna really start working on uh, my Safety First DMV account, uh, teaching CPR first aid. I want to go around and really start canvassing. Um, I've got a game plan. Uh, right now, I've got a couple of nursing homes that have sent me their people over to get trained or people that go on my website and they'll see Safety First DMV and they'll call me up and say, hey, I need to you know, get certified. Can you do it? And I work them into the schedule. So I want to do more and more of that too as well. So. And of course, the volunteering, I can't stop doing that, but it'll give me so much time to be able to do all that stuff than worrying about, oh, I got to go to work, you know, something like that. That's amazing. And again, anybody, if, you know, Karen's mentioned anything on the program where you're like, I'd love to get involved with that, 
please contact her, kkhomes.com. Karen, thank you so much for coming on the show. It's a true honor and pleasure to be chatting with you. I, I mean, you've inspired me so much. I'm already thinking through my day, thinking it's not valuable enough. Like I was going to go do some cooking and clean, and I'm like, I think I need to go take on about five more organizations like Karen has. <laughs> well, that's what we call infecting you with the virus called volunteer. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. All right, um, sweetie, you have a beautiful day. Thank you so much for connecting with me and for sharing your story with us on My Feminine Heart and for all your support of our podcast. I just think you're a phenomenal person. And I'm so excited to hear your next radio show in July with the girls. It's going to be amazing. Yeah. And what I do, if you go to my website, if I do come up with another uh, date before that uh, July 7th, It'll be posted on my uh, website and it'll be scrolling across the top, you know, saying, you know, I'll be here and you can find all my schedules that way. Or you can just go into my events and you'll see all the schedules, past events that I've done and current ones that will be coming up. So, yeah, everything's on that website. Yeah. So. What are what a resource and thank goodness you've got the bacon and eggs connection with your girl. and <laughs> <laughs> You can keep it up to date so well. Yeah, she's awesome, you know, bacon and eggs. I got to I gotta call her up later today and tell her that one. <laughs> yeah, it's adorable. All right, so you, well, you have a fantastic day. Thank you so much. And to our listeners, um, if you enjoyed this podcast and if you believe in our mission of outreach, education, and support for the transgender community, please subscribe. Please sign up as a patron. Um, it's every little bit of um, help and support from you in the community that helps uh, keep us going to bring phenomenal uh, podcasts with amazing people like Karen Hendra Holmes, we, like we did today. So thanks, listeners. It's been a pleasure, and we look forward to seeing you soon. Hey, Cassandra, real quick, I just want to say that I thank you because you coming to the events that the trans community puts on, it's just so wonderful that you're bringing the beauty out of each and every one of the girls, and I know they trust you as part of the community and the pictures that you take it just brings out the light the life the glow the beauty of each and every one of us so thank you very much for your support oh karen thank you that was so sweet um now you're gonna now we're gonna end in tears i like i swear <laughs> i never get through one of these interviews without crying um, no, I, I, I appreciate that. Thank you very much. So it's been a pleasure. Coming from the heart. I'm sorry. I said coming from the heart. Yeah. Thank you, sweetie. All right. Goodbye, everybody. Take care, stay safe and reach out to Karen and join her coalition. She's just amazing. Bye everyone. All right. Bye-bye. How would you like an all-access pass to watch all of our interviews and the exclusive Cassandra Storm solo seminar series? To unlock discounts on products and services adding up to the hundreds or thousands of dollars from our top experts. All this can be yours for just $9 a month and you can cancel at any time. Sign up today at myfeminineheart.com. We are so excited to share this journey with you.